Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to our live interviews from Agile 2018 in the Leading Agile booth. Uh, Jeff Patton is here. Jeff, thanks for coming by. Thanks, Dave. Uh, so, Jeff, just you just finished your, your Ask Me Anything. Uh, so. Well, I did that this morning, and yeah. then I set it on another one, and then okay. uh, it took me a long time to wander down here. Uh, All right. It's a lot, of, a lot of people here. There's a lot of people. So, how did it go in, in the Ask Me Anything? Uh, good. Uh, you know, what do I say? Uh, well, I mean, good people. We talked right up to the last minutes, okay. and uh, I got to do my. Uh, uh, so I'm going to delay. I'm going to send our conversation sideways. I got to do my ripping up money trick. Uh, okay. uh, it's not a trick to, to. You know, I'm known for this practice called story mapping and, right. and stories and things like that, and and my way of uh, explaining what a story is that goes into a sprint is to take a. a, a uh, a bill, a some hundred money, dollar uh, bill. Uh, well, not a hundred dollar <laughs> bill, and rip it up into little parts. And when people, okay. uh, when people build a, a small story, uh, what they're building is a part of a whole. Uh, okay, I want that's people, a really good I want way people to understand that. So I got to do the ripping up money trick and, uh, and shock a lot of people because everybody freaks them, out when you rip up money. But yes. doesn't that push them back into the? We can't really ship anything until the whole dollar is put back together. So, you know, so you can't release and learn one thing at a time. Well, there's a difference between... Uh, so one of the things I talk about in teaching is the difference between a build to learn versus a build to earn. Okay. Uh, uh, look, if I want to learn something, I ship an experiment, and I do the okay. least I can possibly do to learn something. Right. And that's a very different thing than shipping at scale. Okay. Uh, when you ship at scale, you want to... There's an old phrase that comes from the product management community that says, nail it before you scale it. Uh, right. Look, if I'm a big company like, let's say, Spotify, yeah. and I've got a feature that I think people will like, it would be cool if I could release it to a very small subset of sure. my audience. Uh, and for a subset for a company like Spotify might be thousands of people. Right, and you get the feedback. Uh, and, but, and they get the feedback, and they iterate it and change it. But scaling at Spotify means millions of people. Right. Scaling at Spotify means localized to lots of different languages and okay. things like that. And so, uh, and when you ship an experiment, the value is in what you learn. Yeah. You don't earn ROI on it. Okay. Uh, uh, and when people use this weird word value, uh, yeah. there's value from learning. Oh. There's, uh, sometimes they think it means money or return on yeah. investment. Sometimes it's learning. and. Um, and when you've got something, when you've got a feature that you want to, even when you want to ship something to learn, and it takes a week to build, let's say, it's yeah. not terribly long, but I still want to break that thing down into 20 small parts. Right. And now each of those parts are parts of the whole. Okay. And what you learn by, build, by breaking it down into 20 parts uh, is that when you build one part, what you as a team learn is... If, uh, now I can reorganize those, and yeah. I can start by building the riskiest or scariest parts first. Okay. Uh, and then that mitigates delivery risk. Uh, if I predicted they would take a day to build, and they take two days to build, now I've learned how predictable I can be. Okay. So we as a team so learn not something. just learning about what the customer's response is, but learning how you're working yes. and how to get better. Yeah. Look, at the, at the end of every sprint, yeah. uh, let's be really clear. If you... At the end of it, if you use uh, the word iteration or sprint, you, you build a bunch of stuff, and at the end of the sprint, you show it and your team looks at it. What you learn is how uh, something about the quality of what you built. Yeah. You don't get any ROI from that. You don't get, uh, you know, I talk a lot about the difference between the output and outcome. Yeah. Outcomes don't happen unless things come out. Okay. And so if you don't ship it, you don't get any value. All right. uh, and the, the truth is, uh, the, 
it's hard to impossible to uh, break a product down into things that take uh, a, a couple days to build yeah. and can be delivered at, uh, it's impossible to deliver at scale. Okay. In fact, it would be foolish to deliver at scale until you had shipped a, a little bit to learn. Uh, and then back to what I said before, nail it before you scale it. So, this is not where you wanted to go but, in this conversation. That's okay, but you keep ahead. saying that, and the thing I keep thinking is, I wish that companies would use that phrase before they tried to scale Agile in their organization. Like, yeah. You know, I was uh, talking to Ron and Chet yesterday. Well, it, why do you want to scale the inability to finish work in a sprint? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a well, Part of the reason, when we're talking about software, part of the reason you nail it before you scale it, and what we mean by that is we make sure we're delivering the right software, yeah. uh, because figuring out how to scale it uh, to uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, yeah. millions of users is a different problem, right. and hopefully it's a, a problem we solve. Uh, but the the bigger risk uh, is. Uh, uh, scaling it out to millions of people yeah. and then finding out that what we've scaled out to millions of people isn't it's something that anybody wants yeah. at all. Uh, so we solve that problem first before we solve the other one first. Yeah. The same thing is true with agile development. Uh, so basically, if we nail the functionality and then we scale the functionality, uh, we split up those two problems. Yeah. It's another way of splitting uh, things. Uh, uh, but the, the product that we scale, uh, that changes things. Yeah. The process you scale changes things. Yeah. Uh, scaling Agile isn't just the same, isn't just repeating what works in one team across right. uh, uh, 50 teams, 100 As teams. As the world is slowly and painfully it's, learning. Yes, uh, <laughs> it, it's, some, it's a different shape, it's a different thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, uh, yeah, you kind of want to nail it or prove that it yeah. works, but uh, scaling is not as simple as saying uh, uh, everybody's had the experience as an engineer where you produce something that's a prototype and then they say now ship it to everybody. Yeah. Same thing can happen with process. Works yeah. in that team, now everybody do the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't work that doesn't way. Work that way. Cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm now you ready for my... Yeah. So uh, the we, last, we about, yeah, last time we did an, an interview at a conference a couple years ago yeah. and we talked about story mapping. And I explained to you how I was teaching it, and you now said, I'm "Well, it's okay. It's all right." You said, "I don't do that. You shouldn't do that at all." And you told me how to do it. You told me how you do it, and that's what I do in my PO class now. But the other thing in my PO class, I spend a lot of time on personas, and a lot of it's based on your work. And I've had these questions coming up, and questions I've been asking myself. And I figure, well, now that you're here, I'll just ask you. Perfect. Okay. So, and I'll make up something. Well, that's fine. So, <laughs> but I'll be able to back it up either way. In my class, um, when I have them create proto personas, fakey personas, mm -hmm. sometimes they're really vague, and sometimes they're a lot more detailed, and be like, well, okay, here's a 32-year-old mother, and she's a yoga teacher, and like, oh, we all know what yoga teachers are like, or oh, we all know what hipsters are like, and they draw a picture of the guy with the beard and whatever, and these questions start coming up about, aren't you kind of profiling people? So, and to me, I'm thinking... Well, profiling, you, like uh, racially profiling, or stereotyping. Stereotyping, yeah. So, well, she owns a lot of activewear, and she shops at Whole Foods. Well, okay, so yeah. in every, a lot of people's brains, that's a certain type of person. Where they might assign behavior traits to that And I think yes, and is that bad? Probably. And it's also good, probably, in some ways. But I wanted to see where you were with that. If you don't so have data to base it on. First off, uh, it's funny when I uh, there's a, a lot of tr very traditional UX people bristle at all about doing this without having data to base it right. on. But then I need to remind them that uh, uh, that 
you look, I, I learned to create pronas, uh, personas from the company Cooper, and uh, and it's, uh, people know who if people know who Alan Cooper is, yeah. and people know who Cooper is. This is uh, uh, Cooper's where company. It is it's where it comes from, yeah. and the way I learned how to create personas uh, it was to create first what they called a persona hypothesis. Okay. Uh, you create an initial sketch of a persona. You use that to expose what you know and don't know, and then to build your research plans, uh, and then create okay. a better persona. Now, what Jeff Gotthelf calls a proto persona uh, is the, the same thing. It's a practice yeah. that I first learned in 2004 uh, okay. for creating personas. It's yeah. the way it works. So don't be afraid of uh, um, trusting your intuition or what you know. That's okay. okay, so long as you don't treat your assumptions as facts. That's what gets okay. risky. If you're making product decisions based upon guesses and assumptions, uh, the, 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 that gets risky. Uh, yeah. So backfill those assumptions with facts. But uh, in most organizations that build products, they've got anecdotal experience uh, that they can leverage. It doesn't uh, doesn't have to be gathered through rigorous research. Okay. So that's okay. But if you've used that, the old proto persona format uh, had two columns, the, and that's what I wrote about in the story mapping book. Is this two okay. column format? Uh, did, did you ever if use you that? You could or, go over that. Well, look, in the the left hand column, we put. Uh, things about the, the goals and activities that right. this person does or uh, uh, characteristics of this person. In the right-hand column, I sometimes write, uh, well, what I learned from Cooper was uh, we talk about design imperatives or imp design implications or okay. sometimes I write in that column, so what? Uh, given that this person is this way, how would this change the product that we're building? Okay. Given that this person is a yoga instructor, how uh, or or uh, does yoga? Uh, how would that change our product? If the answer is it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Cross it out. It doesn't matter. So, uh, if they have a cocker spaniel, it doesn't matter unless you're building a website for PetSmart. Well, and then it starts to matter. Can it matter yeah. in the sense that you're also going to have to market to these people? You're going to have to find out where you can reach them. Now, so if, if we talk about personas. Uh, um, Personas, uh, you know, uh, Alan Cooper gets credit for uh, applying them to software development. Yes. Her personas came from marketing. Marketing-based personas are were built by marketing people, and uh, personas personas get referred to as a design target. Uh, we because our, our, our audience is huge. They're diverse. They could be anybody, and it just messes up your whole process to say. But what about these other people? Yeah. And you say, look. I'm going to focus squarely on building something that is awesome for this person, and we know that if I focus on awesome for this person, it's it doesn't not mean it's going to be awesome for everybody. Well, it's not going to be awesome for everybody, but we know that you're, it isn't going to suck for everybody because you designed it uh, ideally for this person. Everybody is a little bit like that person, and uh, or and, and for the for people that are most not like that person, right. uh, uh, it won't matter. Now, I promise I'm going to come back to this, but marketing personas are built uh, as a design target for how to market to people. And okay. that's when it starts to matter uh, whether, look, if I've got a product and I'm going to sell it to teenagers or I'm going to sell it to retirees or I'm going to sell it to yoga people or right. I'm going to sell it to uh, Dungeons and Dragons playing uh, Cheeto-eating uh, yeah. people. Uh, uh, I might, uh, 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 and I'm one of them. But, uh, yeah. so, uh, uh, 
uh, I might create different personas because uh, if I'm doing a marketing persona, I want to know how do I get a hold of these people? Do I advertise in sports magazines? Okay. Do I advertise well, on, on YouTube or things like that? But when okay. you build personas for software, they are not for marketing. But uh, you want to know how am I going? Uh, what? Uh, how are these? Uh, you build them focused on usage of the product. Okay. But aren't and you trying to yoga instructors don't use the product any different than, uh, than teenagers, okay. then there's no point in separating them. But the developer, part of what, I mean, maybe I'm just not thinking of it the right way. I look at it also as, you're, if I'm a product owner, yeah. I'm trying to create empathy or some connection between the developers and the person on the other side of the screen. And if I can say, okay, developer, development team, you're building something for the Cheeto-eating Dungeons & Dragons guy, and maybe they know a person like that. And, and then you get an emotional bond and they're solving something for somebody that they care more about than just stick figure. Is that... Well, it I mean, is. You so can tell you me wanna, if it's still uh, a crap. No, uh, it's just that what you want, you can put a little bit of color uh, in there to make those people more real or a little bit more three-dimensional, but if the more you can put in there that is relevant to the design of the product, okay. uh, the better. Okay. Uh, so, uh, look, the things that become relevant, uh, the things that help make people real are learning, uh, things that help you build empathy are learning about uh, what people love or what people hate. Okay. Uh, uh, it's really painful when this person does uh, this. Uh, if you can include, look, if you're, I almost need an example product to talk about. Think of a product you were working with, Aaron. Last also. time you talked about the iPhone. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Okay. Uh, well, it can't you know, be actually, tough no, one. we were talking about, uh, you, you pulled up ACDC and you were talking about people that listen to ACDC. Yeah, oh, what was I, uh, I wonder what product I was I don't about. Uh, I don't want to go too far sideways with okay. this. Okay. Uh, well, let's, actually, let's say uh, a Kanban app. Uh, a Kanban app. Yeah. Uh, Kanban so, board on a phone or a computer. Uh, let's talk about something like Trello, uh, for yeah. instance. Uh, it's not necessarily Kanban, but it's a little bit more general use. Kanban. Uh, they think it's Kanban. Yeah, so so uh, they think it's Kanban, and they might see it as Kanban, and I can create a profile uh, or persona. Sure. For me, a difference between a profile and a persona, uh, uh, a profile is more generic, and a persona is an example of a person. So I might okay. create a, a persona that is uh, uh, somebody who's a team member of a software development team. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I can talk about their pains or their problems, uh, and uh, they may have pains with uh, too much in the, the the backlog, and not everybody on their team uh, moving things around and causing the status of things to be ambiguous and, yeah. and things like that. Okay, that's interesting. Then I might create another persona for somebody who uses uh, 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 somebody who is, uh, 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 let's say, a homemaker who uses. Okay. Trello to coordinate uh, uh, with a, uh, with a group, uh, a kid's school activity, yeah. and she coordinates with uh, other parents uh, mm -hmm. to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I might say that uh, she has uh, uh, 
challenges uh, because not all the parents uh, she works with will install or use the app, yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, because she's uh, working on projects and uh, with other uh, parents and things like that, often she's got many projects going on at the same time. Or that might not be the case with a, a team uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that works on one product team and things like that. So now I've got a. One of the phrases I use all the time that helps you figure out if you've got a different persona on your hands is this phrase, difference that makes a difference. I got that from Cooper. Uh, okay. If there is a, a difference that makes a difference in the way that people would use your product, yeah. uh, then it's a good cue to split it. Okay. Uh, now, I might separate the homemaker uh, uh, or uh, that is using Trello uh, to coordinate on multiple different projects. So uh, she's got multiple projects to work with. Uh, the difference that makes a difference in that situation is the fact that she's working with multiple projects. Yeah. And I want an example of multiple projects and why that's painful or hard. Okay. And then the the, the other the, the developer working on a team, uh, they may be working. He may be primarily focused on the team's work. Yeah. Uh, and the. Uh, and so that multiple projects versus singular projects is a difference that makes a difference. Okay. Whether one likes Cheetos or not is Doesn't not. Matter. Whether one does yoga or looks good in yoga pants is not uh, a difference that makes a difference. Okay. Uh, 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 that's, that's awesome. So, and it's the thing that, that you clarified for me that I hadn't really connected with before was there's a difference between a marketing and a software. Yeah. Uh, so a marketing persona is look. If I was going uh, to create a marketing sell it to him, persona, going to get it to him? Hey, have you seen? Uh, so I, I I watch YouTube. I'll consume some YouTube stuff because I see. Uh, uh, I'll catch the. Uh, fail videos. Uh, so, no, not the fail videos. It's the. The, the, the political satire okay. shows, uh, yeah. uh, 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 things like that, the, the late night with Trevor Noah stuff, and so okay. I'll catch clips on those. So I've seen, been seeing a lot of uh, uh, YouTube videos lately. Okay. And there's a, a, but YouTube has commercials. Lately there's commercials for a game, and I don't even remember the game, but Ryan Reynolds is doing the uh, okay. commercials. Do you know who Ryan yeah. Reynolds is? Uh, of course, we all know that. Uh, Everyone knows who uh, Ryan Reynolds is. This is the Deadpool, uh, Deadpool dude. Yeah. Uh, and the commercials are funny. And so, uh, uh, the fact that they chose Ryan Reynolds to do those commercials, the commercials and they're putting them on YouTube, and feeding them to you on and YouTube. And feeding them to me watching, or a YouTube watcher. What does that say about their audience? Yeah. Uh, who do they think they're talking to? Uh, certainly someone who probably knows who Ryan Reynolds is. Yeah. Certainly someone who appreciates his sarcastic sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And certainly using YouTube as a channel uh, says who yeah. it is. Uh, and it is not my father-in-law uh, right. who does not know who Ryan Reynolds is does not watch uh, videos on YouTube, uh, right. and the way to reach him uh, might be through a, a AARP uh, sure. magazine, or uh, uh, through a, a more traditional uh, yeah. media, or things like that. Uh, the difference that makes a difference isn't in the way that they might use the application, it's the way that they would find the yeah. application. Uh, Marketing awesome. personas are about finding something. Uh, and uh, Anyway, that's uh, awesome. I, I appreciate that. you yeah. kind yeah. of coaching me through it. Um, all right, so before we go, I want to mention your book, so User Story Mapping. User Story Mapping, somebody told me it's uh, now, somebody said, when are you going to write your next book? I just came back from a session and people okay. are asking me, when are you going to write and? your next book? The, the book is uh, four years old now, it turns four next month, All right. uh, so I, I'm overdue, uh, and I uh, don't know, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, if I write a next book, it yeah. will be on... 
uh, the, the the tactics of doing good uh, product management and product leadership in an agile okay. context. Uh, cool. You know, I, currently I teach a lot of the. Uh, I am a certified Scrum trainer, which right. is not a badge I wear terribly proudly, uh, 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 but I only teach product ownership, okay. and I teach it the way that I believe it should be taught. Uh, okay. And the, the the handouts that I use for my classes are up to 130 pages now. Wow. So uh, people say, why don't you just sell those handouts, or why don't you, you just do turn that? that into a book? Uh, but, but there's a little bit higher bar for quality here. So look, if I do write another book, it'll be on that. Okay. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to know what I'm writing, you got to take a class. And they can this. go to, obviously, they're the Scrum Alliance, but they could just go yeah. to agileproductdesign.com. Uh, well, actually, I've sort of retired Agile Product Design. Okay. It, st it still leads to, uh, you know, that was uh, the blog I, I used it forever. Up. It's still, I got all prepared. If you go to agileproductdesign.com, it'll redirect you to jpattonassociates.com. Uh, okay. Because periodically I partner with people. That's the name of the, okay. the corporation I've had for a while. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back to Agile Product well, Design. I, I, I kind of like I that. Because uh, I, I first went to, to yeah, that. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what okay. I used for you. So we'll put the so. right one in the show notes. And we'll put a link uh, to, the, to the book. Yeah, to the book. O'Reilly uh, book and pick uh, up on Amazon. And, and, yeah, lately I don't write as much as I should, but, uh, but, I, but I teach a lot yeah. and I uh, work with a lot of companies and uh, cool. you can see what I'm doing there. Right. Dude, thanks for coming by. It was great talking. Yeah, I appreciate thanks. the advice. Keep watching. We're going to be doing interviews all week long here at Agile 2018.